Hi, welcome to the Happy in Medicine podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Christina Arnold. I'm an expert certified coach and a physician mom. I help women physicians go from burnout to happy in medicine. Let's get started. Hi. In last week's episode, we looked at how to make all options good first. That is, as we approach a decision, we make the decision easier on us if we make all the options good before we decide. And what can help us as we approach making all options good is to tell ourselves, either actually, either way, I'm going to be successful. Either way, I'm going to be happy. Either way, I can make it work. It just decompresses all the pressure around the decision, allows us to have access to clarity on what we want and how to get it. This week, we are, it's sort of a part two, but actually it's a whole different topic is what happens if you don't, can't, or didn't make all options good first. For example, you were reactive. You said something you didn't mean to. You stormed out of the room, yelled at the kid. You didn't say goodbye to anyone on your last day of work. Maybe you even have some regret. That's what we're talking about today. And I want to start by saying this does not make you a bad human. It makes you a human human, just like me, because all humans do. We've all been there. I could literally tell you thousands of examples of me having human moments. If you're in my neighborhood, you may have seen me have a human moment, for example, right? We're going to start unpacking some of that today. We have a five-step process today on how you can move through these human moments, how you can heal yourself, what you can do to initiate and move through a repair of your own trauma, of a trauma somebody else is having, for example. That's what we're looking at today. So step one, the five steps we're going to look at step one is to start with understanding you actually did have a good reason in the moment and you're going to have to challenge yourself because your brain will not want to go there. Your brain will be locked and loaded on you were wrong and you're horrible and you should have known better. That's what most human brains will do. Even with lots of coaching, maybe especially with coaching, the brain can be like, but you know all this better. You should have known better than two. So here's what I want you to do in step one is go back in time. Think of that moment that was painful for you. Go back the second before you stormed out of the room, you yelled at the kids or whatever it was. Find the reason. And I promise you it was a good one. If you can drop the judgment for a second, you can just put the story down. You had a good reason in the moment. Can you connect? You have, For step one, it's really about connecting with your younger you to find what that reason is, to understand it. What was it? I'll give you some of mine. So let's use the example of storming out of, facul- of a faculty meeting, which sounds really dramatic. It's really like a person gets up in the middle of the faculty, in, in the middle of the faculty before it's over and walks out and closes the door. I mean, it's really not quite as dramatic as storming, but that's what my brain would like to offer. So if I were to go back in time and think, okay, what was I doing a second before? Let me assume I had a good reason here. One thing my brain would come up with is I thought I was about to cry and I didn't want to cry in front of everyone. So I left to cry in private. I was protecting myself actually. Or maybe at another faculty meeting, I was about to scream. I was like, this is so wrong. This is so bad. And instead of screaming and losing my mind, which would mean totally unprofessional, I mean, I decided to exit, to calm down, to regroup, to take care of myself, to protect myself. Or maybe I was sensing like my anger was really boiling. I was starting to see red. 
I really, really hated the course of this discussion. I really, really hated what was being said at people and how people were being treated. And I left to get perspective, to calm myself, to connect with myself. To, I was protecting myself because I bet when it boils down to your whatever your situation is, you were ultimately protecting yourself too. At some level, you felt in danger or threatened or other people were in danger or being threatened or mistreated and you left to create safety for yourself. Oftentimes, when we're in this situation and we exit to create safety for ourselves, there is an element, if you can really start with understanding yourself, of also understanding that you are protecting others too. Like when I'm suffering and in pain and I yell and that creates more suffering in the room, that's not really helping anyone. Or if I see someone being mistreated and I'm getting enraged and I want to start yelling, that's not helping that person who's being mistreated feel better. It's creating more stress in the world. So I left ultimately to take care of me, but also there was a byproduct of also trying to take care of everyone in the room. It was a good thing. And if you have trouble with the step, it's just because you're human in my coaching program, you can become an expert on understanding your younger self because healing cannot happen until you understand yourself. Cannot heal if we're judging ourselves or telling ourselves we're bad or terrible people. We have to understand and take that moment to find that connection. So step one is to always start by understanding ourselves. We're humans. We actually had a good reason. It doesn't mean that's where we have to end. We really could just end here on step one. But for some of you, like for myself too, I'm like, what is here for me to learn? Maybe I stormed out of that room that time. I totally get it. And maybe I don't want to do that all the time. Maybe I want to have options. So that's where we're going to continue with the process. But you get to exit the process whenever you like. Step two is to let go of some of the judgment. Of course, we had a good reason. This is what it sounds like. Of course, we had a good reason. Of course, we were trying to protect ourselves. Of course, we stormed out of the room. This just helps supplement and strengthen the framework of understanding ourselves. This is a skill of understanding ourselves, of forgiving ourselves, of having compassion for ourselves. It requires letting down the judgment. You can pick up the judgment anytime you want, but know that when you put it down, it'll feel better and you'll get access to your brilliant brain to problem solve, to consider what you want to do differently next time when you're ready, if you want to, and you never have. If you are game for continuing our process, step three is whenever you're ready, and you do, you do want to not force yourself through these steps, but step three is going to be, what did you do well? Make your brain really go there because I promise if you go there, you're going to find things you're proud of, but your brain won't take you there on your own. Your brain will take you to a darker place. So we want to just like bring it over to, okay, but let me just look and see what I do well here. So in my own example, I'd say, you know, I went to that meeting, even though I was in real distress over it, I was coaching myself nonstop. I wasn't sleeping. I was really thinking about this all the time. I was in so much distress. I was doing everything I could to take care of myself. And as hard as it was, I showed up anyway. I could be really proud of myself. I did a hard thing. I was in the room. This was a very hard conversation and I was able to pay attention I think it's very easy when humans are stressed, do the fight, flight, freeze, appease. Like that's a human response to traumas to, to go into one of these patterns. And I was able to stay in that room 
for most of the meeting and really pay attention to what everyone was saying. That was really hard because they weren't seeing things I loved. They weren't people I loved. It was very stressful. Really proud of myself that I was able to take care of myself in that way. I also, in the midst of all of this, was able to take care of my own emotions. I was able to stay connected to me. I could sense when I was starting to feel my emotions coming on, I started feeling the tears coming and I was able to put that together. I didn't feel safe and I exited the meeting. I created safety for myself. I went and I cried in my office, took a few deep breaths. I did some journaling, did some coaching. And when I felt safe, I offered, asked myself, do you want to go back in? And I actually did. I went back in and finished the meeting. There's so much to be proud of. Our brain won't show us that. And it's not its fault. The brain is just always going to be worried, concerned about what didn't go well. It's always going to be thinking about that. And we just get to direct our brain back to, but look at all this that we created. We want to show our brain what we did well, first of all, because it feels really good. And we want to take what's working and keep exercising that muscle. I want to keep allowing myself to take care of myself, no matter who's in the room or what they're saying. I want to know that my tears are okay and I'm going to create safety no matter what. I'm going to know that even if something's hard, if it's really important to me, I'm going to support myself. I'm going to rally around myself to get hard things done. That is so good, right? So we want to take a moment to celebrate ourselves and be in that energy. It helps with the healing and the growth. And you can stop here on step three. If you want to keep going, and I would only keep going if you really spent time understanding yourself, celebrating yourself. Step four is where we get to just take perspective and say, okay, I did nothing wrong. I'm a total human. I have so much to celebrate. And what do I want to do differently next time? If I want to, what would I consider? What do, what, what's, what's something that's available to me? What are my options here? And you're much more likely to see options if you've taken time to understand yourself, celebrate your wins and drop the judgment. By the way, you can put the back a very same thing. I would say, really, if you've gone through step one and three, when I look back at that meeting, I always tell myself, you know, I can look back at it and be, I'm really proud of myself that I did it. And I just might do it again. And I will be proud of myself again. So we want to like space, like how you really know you, you haven't made yourself wrong is you're like, I could do that again. And it really won't be a problem. <laughs> I know how to take care of myself then too. So you can pick the exact same process. That's for sure going to be an option. You weren't wrong then. You won't be wrong again. You aren't wrong now. And when we're in this place of openness, we get to have so much more freedom and agency to look at what else is possible here. None of them are wrong. And what else is possible? So I just came up with some examples for myself is, you know, I, I could as I'm approaching a meeting like this in the future, really dedicated attention and time to coaching myself, to, to scheduling coaching sessions with my coach before and after the session to make sure I have the emotional capacity that I'm taking care of myself at the highest level. I could schedule a therapy session before and after. So I really just, or a, a session with my spiritual counselor or with my yoga practitioner, like I could just make sure to sandwich myself with so much support. I'm going to plan something fun after. So it's not 100% dread. I could be like, okay, 90% of me dreads this conversation. And 10% of me is really looking forward to drinks with the husband afterwards, <laughs> right? Or this trip I'm going to plan the next weekend. 
Another idea is I'm going to exercise all week. I'm going to make, no matter how stressed I am, I'm going to make time to exercise, even if it's only five minutes to walk around the block, because I know the endorphins from exercise feel really, really good and it helps me sleep. I'm going to make sure self-care is my priority, especially the day before, the day of, and the day after. And maybe that looks like I'm going to schedule a Zoom call with all my besties afterwards, maybe even before. I'm going to spend I'm going to make sure that I'm in my warm, fuzzy, comfy jammies as often as possible as I'm home. I'm going to let myself take a nap. I'm going to watch lots of trashy TV. I'm going to journal. I'm going to keep in touch with my future self who's been through it, who knows that while this is painful, in the grand scheme of my life, this will be something I'm not even sure I'll remember in 10 years. I'm going to keep in touch with her who's going to keep reminding me that there is something better coming. I'm going to check in with my seven-year-old self who just thinks it's really cool that I own a house and a car and I have babies and I'm married and I'm a doctor and I'm a coach. She thinks it's amazing. So I'm going to check touch base with her just to kind of get some perspective. I'm going to ask myself, what would Oprah do here? It's my favorite question. What would Oprah do? I just love her. I'm obsessed with her. And I just, she, it just puts things in perspective. Like would Oprah freak out if she had tears in a meeting? No, because she cried on national TV all of the time. She'd be like, we're crying. and This is what's happening. And you can cry with me if you want. But that's what we're doing. Right? I might get other focus. Sometimes when I'm feeling like very stressed, it's because I'm very much identifying with my pain. And sometimes being other focused can be really powerful. That is, let me see who I can help, what value I can create in the world. Let me get on Twitter. I'm going to go offer support and help and coaching to someone in distress. I'm going to go on Facebook. I'm going to go coaching these groups. I'm going to go touch base with my clients. I'm going to go and find ways to help others. It's a very powerful way to help with our own healing. Other ideas for when you're actually in the meeting. I'm going to bring Kleenex. I'm going to have, I didn't bring Kleenex that day. So I like part of the reason was me exiting is so that I could blow my nose. Right? I just didn't have anything. So next time I'm going to have some Kleenex. I might tell people, listen, I might cry. Just be prepared. It might happen. I I think that's a really powerful thing to say. I It makes it makes space for this might happen. It gives space for everyone to just know that this is what's on the table. I'm already feeling pretty emotional. This might happen. And it allows everyone to kind of plug into the conversation in a deeper way. I'm going to allow myself to cry. Folks, nothing makes me cry more than I tell myself I can't possibly cry. Like Even the idea of telling myself I can't cry, I start feeling the waterworks. Right? So I'm going to just allow myself to cry because it just drops some of the tension. It creates some pressure. It creates some relief and peace in me. I'm going to tell myself I can storm out. I can disengage. I can tune it out. I can stand up and let them know what's what. I can write an angry email. I can tell my partner, I'm going to be texting my husband. There are such jerks. I can be taking notes. I can be scrolling social media. I can reschedule the meeting. I can call and say, I have, in fact, millions and millions and millions of options here. So do you. And the more we show our brain, we let our brain use all of its energy instead of stressing us out to just cope showing us options, the easier this meeting becomes because we're able to connect to ourselves because we're able to see our infinite options and we just get to choose what we want to do next. It's a very powerful place to be. And how you get there is understanding yourself, dropping the judgment, celebrating your wins, asking yourself what you want to create in the future. What else is possible here? I want to have, I have two side notes for you. 
in addition to our five-step process, I have built in two side notes. It's important to say at this point, whether this is the first podcast you've listened to or you've been with me since I've been a coach, as soon as our brain learns these coaching tools, I just want to warn you, it's very easy for your coaching brain, the the part of your brain who knows coaching tools to look back at your younger self and judge her and be harsh to her and expect her to do things. She should have done things differently. I should have known better. She should have known better. It's very easy to be judged, criticized, and be mean to our younger self. So my advice for you, as you learn more and more coaching, your brain will be more and more tempted to go there. Here's my advice for you. Don't do it because it's painful. I just have my brain on a very, very short leash. When it wants to go back, I just, nope, I just take it right back into the present moment. We just don't go there because it's painful, because she didn't know, because she couldn't have possibly have known coaching skills five years ago. When we look back in judgment, it feels terrible. It feels dangerous. It's very threatening. It erodes our trust and belief in ourselves. It makes it harder to make decisions today. It makes it harder to move forward to the future. You know coaching now, even if this is your first podcast and you've done, done coaching for 20 minutes, but you know coaching the exact moment you are ready to learn it, not one minute before. The moment you were ready, the tools became apparent for you. So we don't want to blame or shame our younger self who didn't know. If coaching for you ever feels painful, whether you're coaching yourself or you're listening to a podcast or you're being coached by someone, if it ever feels painful, like judgment, like shame, like blame, we want to recognize that trauma response. Trauma, by the way, is a disconnection with ourselves. We want to recognize that trauma response. We want to pause the coaching, pause whatever we're doing, if we can, to establish safety. It might sound like this. You know, I was doing at the time, I didn't have coaching. I was doing the best I could based on what I knew at the time. That was the best call. Of course, I was trying to protect myself. Of course, I was doing what I thought was best for me and for everyone. Now I know better. Today, I might make a different decision. Neither of my decisions are wrong. That kind of language helps heal the trauma. It helps reconnect to you. And from that place, you can move forward. Side note number two. Learning this kind of this kind of action where we make everything good, or if we didn't make everything good, we heal through our trauma. I want to let you know it doesn't have to be immediate. This is all very new, and for most people, they're like, as soon as I hear, it, I want to do this all the time in the moment. And for most humans, it doesn't happen in the moment all the time. When we're in a situation, I mean, not all of us are in a situation where we can, in the moment, coach ourselves work through it all and have this beautiful conversation and connection. Sometimes it's not that way. Sometimes we're not in a job that's safe. Sometimes we're in a conversation that is really threatening to who we are, to our emotional, to our physical well-being. Maybe we're even in a job that's not safe for our emotional or physical well-being. And in those situations, the priority isn't to have this five-step beautiful process. The priority is our safety. The priority is to get to safety. The priority is to create the safety. And in that case, to the outside world, it might look like you're having a human reaction, like storming out of a room or yelling at your kids or whatever, and things you might have regret about later. But the priority is safety. 
Here's the thing about traumas. This was kind of blew my mind when I learned about it. I had this idea, even as a master certified coach, I had this rule for myself. Nobody should be having traumas. <laughs> right? That sounds so good. And also when I look at my life and how many traumas I've had, I mean, that's just not the reality of the situation. So what I'm learning, I'm taking trauma, I'm becoming certified in trauma-informed coaching right now, is that that thought, no one should have traumas ever, it actually created so much disconnection. It disconnected for me and my past. It's filled with trauma. It disconnected for me and my present relationships because sometimes traumas happen. And it really had me overthink and be very guarded and very anxiety provoking. And they're like really thinking in my head over and over and over about trying to prevent these traumas from happening. When in reality, traumas do happen. Traumas are disconnections with ourselves disconnections with others. And they are a part of life. We can't avoid them. And that thought, when I really like embraced it, helped me create so much space in my life. So for example, we can do our very, very best with our children. We love them the most in the entire world. And they will still go on to have traumas in their life. And sometimes the traumas will be because of things we, their loving parents said or did. We didn't mean to. And it's unavoidable. And the same goes for our partners, our best friends, our coaches, our clients, our patients. It happens. Disconnect and ruptures happen, even with the very best intentions, even with extensive history of coaching. And the process to healing that, the process of repair is very similar to the five-step process we outlined today. So I want to just invite you to consider that as you're working through a trauma, either of yourself or someone else that you love, you really can just come back to these five steps. One is understand you. You had a good reason. What was it? I'm talking to the person who might have inflicted the trauma on somebody else. Maybe you maybe you stormed out of the, the room and your best friend who was running the faculty meeting is really hurt and there's been a trauma between you, the two of you. Um, example will be yelling at your kids and now the kids aren't talking to you because they're very upset or you weren't able to cover call and your coworker is very upset. Like these aren't maybe... These are traumas because they cause disconnections in relationships. I think many people, when they think of trauma, they're thinking about abuse or loss that are broken. And those are traumas too. And there's not traumas that are more important than traumas that are less important. We just want to get to this understanding that these disconnections, these disconnections happen regularly. They're going to happen. And if you know how to repair them, it really helps you stay connected. So it'll be the same, understanding yourself. What did you do? What was the second right beforehand? You didn't probably intend to do this. What was going on in your mind? So understanding you, dropping the judgment so that you can connect with yourself and see what did you do well? There was probably something you did well. And then if you want to look at what might you do differently, as long as you're not shaming yourself, you can really access, okay, let me just understand this from this perspective. What might I do differently? Which allows you step five to see all the options. None of them are wrong. For good or for bad, for worse, it's just human nature. This will happen again. And now we have a process to step out of it, to start healing, to grow forward, to move, to connect through it. We never, ever, ever want to hurt people. And it happens. There will be ruptures, disconnections, and traumas. We have now a process to get back to connection, to get back to healing, to get back to growth when you want to, and you never have to, but some options just to get started. And we're going to have a separate session on this throughout the year. We're going to be working on this and other formats, but you can have, if you've had a disconnection with your best friend, for example, or your children, your spouse, 
you can ask for permission to continue the conversation. I think it's really important to ask for permission because we want to allow space for the other person to move through their own trauma experience. And the best way to connect is for everyone to heal and then come together. Do you want to ask for permission? Hey, I'm sorry about what happened. And let me know when we when it's okay to come together. I would really love to, to apologize, for example, which is the second piece is also apologies are a powerful way to connect. They're available. We are going to say things and do things that we are high are, you know, that in retrospect we we might not have done if we had gotten coached on or if we had stopped time and worked through it. And also we can apologize if we want to. We can reconnect when everyone is calm. We can have another conversation about it. We can get on the same page. We can make plans together. We can heal together. We can write a letter to the other person. We can send the other person like a loving message or a caring or thoughtful message. We can bring a third party in. We can coach through it. There are infinite options for repair. Traumas happen and so do repairs. So here's my example for you. When I left my first job, I wasn't in coaching at the time. I had a lot of intense emotions like shame and blame and judgment. Really, it was one of the most painful times of my life, both emotionally and physically. I had a neck, an acute neck injury. I had decided I wanted to honor the 120-day notice policy. So I was my, my family was in Colorado and I was in Ohio with this neck injury. And it was so hard. And I left and I hadn't cleaned up any of the pieces. I didn't say goodbye to anyone. I had worked there eight years. I was a very involved faculty member. It's very present. I didn't say goodbye to anyone. And nobody said goodbye to me. <laughs> That's what it looked like. And I could go back and I can really understand it. It was just in the moment. It was too painful. I was going through too much. I needed to create my own safety. That was my priority. So... I was thinking, I didn't really storm out of the meeting. I kind of stormed out of the state. I remember being like very much like, I've got to get out of here. And I needed to heal first. And I knew it was not going to happen there with my neck injury, with all the stuff that was going on, with being without my family. And I made that okay. I was in so much pain. This was not the time or the place. And I made that okay. I knew at some point I was going to work on this that I was going to find a therapist in Colorado, coach in Colorado. I was going to get safety first, and then I was going to unwind this. And of course, the repair happened and learned so much from it. And healing is something that we, we, go, we can pursue on our own timeline. All that's to say is it's okay if in the moment you aren't perfectly coached up, you don't have the perfect site. You don't do the say the perfect thing. You don't have the perfect goodbye party. It's actually okay. Sometimes the repairs aren't intended to be immediate. Sometimes we need to seek safety first. Safety will always be the priority. And in coaching, we learn how to create the safety, how to protect ourselves, how to heal ourselves, how to recognize the trauma response in ourselves and in others, how to move through the repair process when we're ready. If you'd like to be part of this healing, you can enroll or schedule your free coaching consultation today by going to ChristinaArnoldCoaching.com. It's all one word, Christina Arnold Coaching. Now the consultation, we'll go over your specific situation. We'll outline a plan. We'll look at the results you can expect. We'll answer all your questions. It's no pressure ever at ChristinaArnoldCoaching.com. In the end, remember, you're right where you're supposed to be doing exactly what you're supposed to be doing. 
at the exact right rate. And so is everyone else. Bye, everyone. Have a beautiful week. See you next time.